This week on Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet, 2019, a year in review, six months later. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet. We are the only podcast on the internet that talks about every single Arcade Fire song alphabetically, one per episode. My name is Alex, and beside me is the wonderful Owen Heaney. Owen, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you very much. Yeah, we've been, uh, it's, it's, it's been a little while. Uh, we, I know we had our hiatus, and then we, we came back, and it's been about a month since we put out an episode, but, uh, you know, a lot has happened in the world in this past month, and Owen and I, we made a decision to go on a temporary blackout. I mean, I imagine that we have a lot of listeners that use our show or Arcade Fire's music and podcasts in general as a way to escape from the world, and so we try not to touch too much into anything, but we decided that it was a period in which there were more relevant, more important voices that needed the space than two guys talking about the music that they like. And, you know, we've said we don't try and be political, but, I mean, this isn't really a political issue or a debate or anything with two sides. I speak for myself and for Owen that Black Lives Matter and, you know, Wynn and the rest of the band have been very vocal about their support as well, and we're happy to be standing with them. We like to think that all of our listeners are on the same page with us and with the band. And if you aren't, you know, if you do disagree with this, then to be honest, maybe you can find another show to listen to. But, you know, I like to think all of our listeners are on the same page as us. And we love you all and appreciate that people out there, you know, care about what us two idiots have to say about some dumb songs. And on that note, we're easing back into it. Uh... We realized we never had the chance to talk about our top music from 2019 while we were off, so so here we are, Owen. You ready to talk about music in 2019? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, how we starting off here? It yeah, I well, I was I think making this list it was an interesting uh, interesting process because when I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, yeah, these are all albums definitely that are in my top. But then going back and seeing the music I was listening to in 2019, there were a lot of like ones that like oh I completely forgot about this and uh and and yeah it's 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 interesting i guess before we get into anything at all 2019 as a whole for music you say good year bad year okay year for you what do for you think? me i had like going back it was like trying to pick stuff i was like oh yeah i really like this song or this album and then i like looked, looked at it and realized oh it was re- released in like february 2020 i'm like yep mm. <laughs> not nope <laughs> nope so like going back further i i think that i think there's start of 2020 has been much stronger for me than the 2019 as a whole was but it's just it feels very weird going back because some of these songs like especially the ones released january 2019 or to february 2019 seem like eons ago and very very different i think it's interesting to have that six months period to review and to kind of listen to more and get into songs more, especially like the ones that were released kind of like later in 2019, kind of give them an equal amount. But it just makes those songs from early 2019 seem very far away. Yeah, I I mean, I generally like to to wait a little bit because, I mean, I'm going to say it later, like one of my top five, I didn't, I didn't, I was it came out in 2019, but I wasn't listening to, to it until this year. But uh, I find that when you're making the year end in December when you're making your lists I find I tend to forget about the w- albums that came out in January or February even if they were really good and even if I liked them a lot by that point they'll have kind of gotten to the place where I've listened to them too much and I haven't gotten to the place where I want to listen to them again that it's uh oh yeah that's pretty good but I don't really like it anymore just because I've been listening to it so so much 
But, uh, you know, now all that's kind of out of sight, out of mind. We can look at things a bit more objectively as we talk about albums that we subjectively like or dislike. Exactly. That's what I think about. Anytime I make a list of things, purely objective. <laughs> and, yeah. and it, how, Actually, <laughs> Make a scorecard with like six different categories. It's like, oh, amount of times I've listened to it. That, that gets a 30% weighting. <laughs> and then really just work out your quantitative score. I think that's, that's how everyone should make their top 10 uh, songs Yeah, of the I think year. that that's, that's not a bad idea to have like a spreadsheet. And, uh, I mean, you can do it every, every day, every listener, whatever, but maybe it's every month you rate every month after the album comes out, you give it a rating, and then over time, see how it trends. Uh, and, you know, make it really, really precise because, like, maybe an album's not going to change from a seven from a month to month, but, you know, if your scale's out of, like, 200, then, uh, okay, yeah, today it's 140, next month it's 135, <laughs> and then just uh, see what happens. I, uh, yeah, so to start us, start, start us off, I have some... Uh, we both have some some drive-by thoughts. Uh, I think these are albums that didn't quite make any lists, but you know you want to talk about anyways. But what, what do you have to? You hit it first. Okay. Well, I mean, I've got I've got a I, I I've kind of sorted mine into 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 genre. These are the albums that I, you know. Yeah. Again, maybe liked, maybe didn't like, but I you know I appreciate it. Again, the singer songwriter space. Craig Finn put out another great solo album. Bill Bill Callahan put out a whopper of an album after five years off with. 20 tracks and that was pretty good but honestly i if an album is 20 songs long i i really appreciate when say on like save to like the suburbs which isn't 20 but the suburbs a reflector where they split it clearly into two discs because i don't have time to, or not that i don't have time but like <laughs> who's sitting down for 20 songs in a like you have to be in a very specific uh like if i want to sit down and listen to the album it I, I I appreciate it when it's in a clear side one side or uh, disc one disc two that I can I can listen to and then you know do something and listen to rather than have to you know sit through the whole thing. Yeah, I think that's super valid. Especially it's like when you're first listening to something, you kind of want to listen to it more intently and for a little more detail. And you don't get that if it's like very long. I think especially those songs near the end just don't get the same sort of service early on when you're listening to an album. Yeah, definitely. And I find that when I'm listening to new albums, like I'll listen to them on repeat and see what kind of sticks out every time. Like, oh, I'll remember bits from this one. But and, and I like that where it's like, oh, I really like the second track. I can't wait for it to come back around again. But when it's like 20 songs, it's yeah, it just I find that those kind of albums will just often end up I'll just be playlisting those songs I won't be sitting down to listen to 20 songs in a row but you know I think that's just that's just the way we're consuming media right now uh I uh Nick Nick Cave put out his album Ghostine but to be honest did, didn't love it as much I mean I'm Nick Cave is my top 10 artists but uh this one wasn't for me uh, well, I don't, what were some that you have? I don't really have that many drive-by oh, albums. Okay. What's your first one then? <laughs> I don't have any drive-by albums. Oh, well, <laughs> I uh, did. You listen to my my well. My next little segment is for like a softer side. You listen to Claro's album produced by Rostam? No, I I haven't. I listened to some of the uh, Rostam produced stuff. I haven't listened mm -hmm. to that one though. Well, he has the Hamilton. Uh, yeah, Lighthouse, which is which is just like subbing for 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 Ezra. I found. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know Ezra was he like 
I think the official terminology on Wikipedia says he interned with the band The Walkmen, which Hamilton Lighthouser is from. Whatever that means, but uh, interned. Huh. Yeah. Like, does that mean I like, don't know? Okay, if you look it up, it's, it's something. I'm, I'm remembering the word interned, but uh, it was like while he was in university or something like that. I'm, I'm, huh. I'm. This is pure conjecture here, but yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't know that relation. I mean, I know the Walkmen are also a big New York band, and so are Vampire Weekend, but yeah. It, uh, that connection. But yeah, with the Claro album, I or Sandy Alex G had an album. I realize I Bedroom Pop just I, <laughs> I it doesn't it doesn't do it for me. Bedroom Pop versus Chamber Pop. Is Chamber <laughs> Pop more like you're playing like it sounds like it's in a church and like Bedroom Pop sounds like it's in a bedroom? I don't know what to speak with on Chamber Pop is what is hard definition, but Bedroom Pop is like you recorded it in your bedroom. Uh like that's the the like the DIY aesthetic of yeah. of you're recording this using GarageBand in your bedroom. Uh and I feel like it I'm a bit too old. Like I've it's something I think I maybe would have liked more when I was in high school because it tends to be a fairly young crowd making bedroom pop. Yeah. And uh so, yeah. but so it's really just a play on garage rock. Yeah, yeah, it's the same sort of thing. I mean, you're not, you're not making the, you're not making. It's not rock music for garages. Or <laughs> I think it's like the, like the aesthetic of you did the producing using only like your headphones or your laptop speakers. Like it, yeah. it's it's really. Uh, it's not like a wine. It's not like it pairs well with bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, lay down while. Uh, I uh, yeah. In the softer side category, completely forgot that Bon Iver put out a new album. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. It. I mean, I can see the appeal, but it didn't really didn't really stick with me. You you listen to that one? No, I didn't really. I yeah. not that I've listened to that much Bon Iver though. Uh, but. I mean, who? I re- I mean, I really. Who doesn't really like Forema Forever Ago and uh, uh, Bon Iver Bon Iver? But the twenty four a million. I don't even know if that was what it was called, but the next album, there were songs I liked on that, and this one I just it did it didn't do it for me. But at the same time, even in peak like Bon Iver self titled, I wouldn't say that I was ever so big a fan that I don't know. Like I would go to his, maybe I don't know. I don't know if I would go to his shows, but. I do like I listen to both for Emma forever ago and Boney Ver Boney Ver like front to back often like I like they're good winter albums but <laughs> after that it yeah it just it, eh, I don't know it doesn't do it for me yeah as you start as you keep hitting with me with these drive-bys I'm like oh no what if he says one of my top five in his drive-bys <laughs> what if he says one of my top five in his, and then we have to talk about it I, I, I don't I don't I don't think I'm gonna hit any of the the top fives uh and next <laughs> but yeah in terms of in terms of hip-hop i like danny brown's album and tyler the creator's album neither of them are like top for me but i find in general that uh i mean i have another album that's gonna i'm gonna bring up uh hip-hop kind of changing but i find that the kind of hip-hop that i used to really like isn't the kind of hip-hop that's really being made as much anymore and i don't really love the trend it's going to and as a result i find i'm just not listening to as much newer hip-hop um yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well that's why i forgot even that uh kanye even released an album this year oh, that completely slipped yeah, my mind it, but 
Yeah. It, um, well, that's why it's because I'd say like Igor, like Tyler Crater's album, like it got a lot of press for sure. Like it was. Yeah. It it was. Uh, well, I think that. Well, Igor maybe maybe not even a hip hop album at this stage anymore. But uh, same with the Danny Brown one. Those I find are a bit more, or like Pusha T's album from 2018. I liked that a lot. Or Kids See Ghosts, which we both liked from 2018. But those are all ones that I find are a bit more like the stuff that we're used to and we know, which is hip hop from like the early 2010s. Then, like, it is more in common with 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 you know Kanye's early stuff than it does with uh, like Playboy Cardi's Die Lit, which is apparently a very good album, but I couldn't get into. Huh. Uh. Brad Melda. I don't know if we have any jazz fans. It's the only <laughs> only jazz uh only modern jazz musician that I really listen to or know the name of, but I I like him. Uh do you know Pup Owen? Never heard of them. Oh, they're a Canadian band. They're uh they put out a fine album. JB from the Bruce Springsteen podcast, he really likes Pup, but uh it yeah, they're not the Japan Droid stand in that I want them to be. Uh yeah, there's a lot of a lot there were a lot of fine albums last year. A lot of like I don't know if you listen to the Black Midi, Lingua Ignota, or Zizu albums, but those were all ones that, like, great critical acclaim, and I listened to once, and, like, uh, like okay, this is good, but I'm not, like, I don't really think I'm going to listen to this often, you know? Yeah, that's, like, uh, there's a few critical acclaim albums, even just, like, this past year, too, where it's, I listen to them, and, like, okay, I can understand why people, like, really like this, but not necessarily my taste, and just yeah. move on. Now, my last drive-by which I purposely saved for last that didn't make any of my list was help me stranger by the rack and tours. <laughs> <laughs> the album is help us stranger. Oh yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. That's, that's how much I, uh, <laughs> is this on your list? Or are we talking about it now? But fifth, it means we will go, we'll make a nice smooth transition from uh drive by into top five albums. Okay. Okay. So smoothing that transition, Alex drive by thoughts, obviously not a huge difference maker <sighs> in your, uh, album discographies and stuff but yeah. f- for me the same is it's one of those things where i i like i felt i was scraping more on this year trying to find albums and this this one did just kind of like barely made the list but uh i think there's a few good songs on it i think um i enjoy it i think we didn't see them perform when they came nope to vancouver it would have been last summer yeah last summer and we we didn't go but um cash low or out of the whatever yeah but um i i think i would have enjoyed hearing these songs live more and i think that would have created a further appreciation like i think this album could have ended up higher on my list if we had seen them and kind of like got more into the songs but uh i'd say like i don't know this there's a few songs on there okay that's a good song i'll like add that to my playlist and i'll listen to that but i just don't go back to it in the same way i'd go back to other jack white albums to listen over and over again it just hasn't like hit that yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I mean, it was in that, I think that if they, if this was this, I mean, if this was this year and, and we weren't quarantined uh, and like things were back to normal, then I think now we would go see them, but it was after finishing university, but before getting jobs that, you know, and tickets were like $90 At before least fees. it was expensive. Yeah. Uh, and we'd just seen Jack the previous summer doing like as jack white doing his own stuff not just a rack and tour stuff that we yeah it, i'm but 
we did he did play for free at Neptune Records and coincidentally both of us were out of town and <laughs> it, it yeah uh, but what can you do I um yeah I found that this album was like the high points were 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 good not not great especially for like the the previous two Raconteurs records where like the the high like steady as she goes on the first one and then carolina drama on the second one like the highs are like some of the best songs jack's ever been involved with but on this one i found that it was just a very solid record but it uh it yeah well i remember i was in uh i was getting my grad photos and they were playing sunday driver at the the university photo photo studio place. And it was, it was a real, huh? I, I guess there's other people to listen to Jack White as well. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's your number five. Yeah. Now hit me with snake draft again. So you do four, no five, four. Sure. I, uh, yeah. And then we could finish off with the top 10 songs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I was really thinking about like what makes a top album for me versus, uh, a collection of good songs no 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 like my, my my song my top 10 songs i don't include any of the ones that are on these five albums because i find that like that's the that's the difference that they, these are all ones that i listen to as an album not that i don't break them up into playlists as well but that i enjoy listening to them as albums versus some of the like say the raconteurs one uh, if I like those songs a bit more, I still feel like I would be listening to those. I'd be happier listening to those when they come on in the playlist than sitting down and listening to that album specifically. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah. So my, my number five is, uh, is Jenny Lewis on the line. Uh, I didn't really know Jenny Lewis until this album. And when it came out last summer and I was looking her up, the only thing I really knew her from was she did some guest vocals on Brandon Flowers first solo album. But, this yeah, this album really caught me off guard by how much I loved it. It's kind of if you can imagine like Florence Welsh, but instead of uh, instead being from Vegas or like Nashville and dressing like Dolly Parton or Elvis, it's uh, it's just a really classic rock and roll album. And even now, a year later, I've listened to her other discography, and nothing really does it for me like this. But I really like this album. It's like from the slow songs to some of there's some real bangers on there too. Like I I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, um, this this is our classic conundrum of uh, when we do these lists and then we talk about stuff and like, well, we gotta talk about some things at different points in time. But uh, what I'll say about yeah, I really haven't listened to the album that much. That's my big comment on that. Yeah, it's uh, I feel like I have a bit more. My taste will veer a bit more towards some like country and western than yours at points. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my my number four is. Uh, also a bit of a discussion point that uh, I feel like there's something happening in the UK right now uh, in terms of music. Ah, but uh, and I feel like people, like, you know, people talk about that right now we're living through another death of rock music. Like mainstream rock music is, is, is dying. Yeah. Like get rid of the guitars and drums. Or? Yeah. Like we're, we're looking at like people put up YouTube videos of like, these are the top 10 billboard songs from the last decade. And it's like, imagine dragons and you know, whatever yeah that it's really not or like the thing like how many kids are uh are are thinking that oh i want to pick up a guitar and people say oh guitar is dying but i mean the same way that people said this when you know in the 80s when the synths were coming out whatever but 
like that, you know, peak 70s, 80 classic guitar rock getting so bloated and extravagant to like hair and glam metal that, you know, Nirvana and grunge said like, no, we're done with this and we're doing the stripped down, whatever. But then like music history with Alex Bandit. Yeah. You know, Strokes came and said, you know what? Leather jackets and guitars are actually pretty cool. You know, maybe we're going to make some music like this. And then that started. And I think that that, you know, that started this, uh, the popularization of our generation's classic rock, I think, which is going to be this this indie rock that kind of started in 2001 and is ending or ended now. Uh, that I don't think that, like, if you look at like these last couple, like, like the Strokes put out an album this year, or uh, or Jack White put out an album last year, or Arcade Fire put out their album. Not that they're making bad music now, but I just don't think there's as many new bands that are making this kind of music. I think yeah, that's fair. You know? That's interesting. Like, it's like not saying that Wynn's not going to write a good album anymore. I just don't think there's going to be any more new Wynn Butlers coming out of Concordia. You know what I mean? Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because like if you think yeah, early two thousands like kind of like though all those bands were new and then now they're kind of living out their life mm-hmm. and all the new bands just aren't making the same sound. Yeah, like like the scene and the sound has really kind of come to to an end, uh, mm-hmm. and right now if you look at like the not even like forget like billboard but whatever but even like if you look at the most uh like say what pitchforks top of 2019 are compared to what it was uh 15 years ago the kind of music it's very like there's a lot of bedroom pop and it's a lot of hip-hop and it's a lot of r&b because that's the kind of music people are just generally making now uh but uh yeah, I mean, it's not the worst that hipster culture is dying. Okay, but this is a big lead up for your number four yeah. album of the year, 2019, which is? Yes, well, so <laughs> the UK and in Western Europe, in these last couple of years, really, a lot of guitar music is coming back under the radar, um, but not your Owen's beloved Alex Turner wanting to be one of the strokes. These are more bands that are like inspired by Joy Division or The Clash or The Stooges, like lots of post bank post punk influence coming around and like bands like idols or saying things like uh, the best way to scare a Tory is to read and get rich while doing his best Ian Curtis impression or like Ice Age or Shame like or my number four from last year, Fontaine's DC Dog Roll. Uh there's this big post punk revolution happening right now in Europe and I love it. And this band scratches me right where I itch. From Dublin, Ireland, five guys uh, with a song, their first song on the album, more in common with Next to You by The Police than it does uh, anything by, say, U2. First track one of the album, they come out and they say, my childhood was small, but I'm going to be big. And I just, I love it. Like, I only started listening to these guys a couple of months ago, too. And so there is a bit of that recency bias we talked about. But at the same time, I can definitively say that I like I really, really like this album. And I'm really, really excited at this scene that's coming out of Europe right now with these bands I was mentioning that everyone's kind of going back to post-punk. And uh, yeah, who knows? We're going to see our next big British invasion, the next Blurs and Oasises and uh, uh, Pulp coming in uh 10 years time or five years time yeah it's interesting it'll be a thing to track but yeah it's uh it's i'm excited i'm excited <laughs> for the future what's your number four Owen? my number four is um again so this album i would say i didn't 
get into as much as I have their previous albums. But uh, upon looking back, even just for this, I'm getting like, I was like going through, I'm like, hey, like that song's like, yeah, that song's really good. Hey, that song's really good as well. And it's, so the song, it's uh, Let's Rock by the Black Keys. Okay. And um, I don't know, when it, it, it was something like four years, which I guess for Arcade Fire fans, it's like four years kind of seemed quick. And it was one of those things, okay, like here's the next album, even though they've been saying like they, they were never, they hadn't toured together or anything for a long time. And people were like, oh, are they going to break up? And it came out. I think I listened to it a few times at the start. And I was like, okay, it's, it's good. And then I, I've listened to it a lot more. And then even now it's just like, it's for some reason it doesn't hold this high spot in my mind as like the top album of the year for me. But I look back and like, on each song individually i'm like hey that's a good song that's a good song that's a good song but yeah it, it doesn't get that top spot because it's just not there for me pulling it all together but yeah i i i mean i i feel that i uh i have shine a little light as my number five song of the year um yeah i i i like i like the album as well i think that um it other than shine a little like shine a little light i think like when they want to they can still hit it out of the park there are some duds on the album and even some of like the the songs like say go which i like listening to but the yeah. lyrics kind of like yeah they they kind of suck i mean not that not that dan arbucks ever like little black submarines was one of my favorite black key songs but i uh, i mean the whole blues rock nothing's really it's never really super super deep all that being said go is a, a <laughs> bit like it, yeah but uh yeah i i do i do i do like this song i really enjoyed listening to this album last summer driving around i mean that's what the it's yeah, you what's know all it's, about. let's rock yeah i uh again this is another one where i feel like if i had gone to the concert i would have appreciated mm-hmm. it more but when it came out in my life is uh well, not when i was around so that's kind of the thing it's like Maybe that's why it'll be interesting to see with all these like albums get if they get released during the pandemic and people can't tour them, mm. whether they're how the how that affects how we see them and people see them into the future. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I the where does this does this do you like this better or worse than it was your yeah your Rack and Tours is number five for you. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, yeah. I yeah. I agree that. This is much better than that album. Help a stranger. Uh, I find that it. I was when I was thinking about it, like really the difference between the Black Keys and Jack White as both making these. I mean, obviously Jack has a lot more stuff, but in terms of this like blues rock with plastic guitars, and I find with Jack that sometimes it can be a bit like Jack is a very meticulous guy and very precise and very. Uh, uh, every every single aspect of every album and every show and every single album or everything he does is so perfectly curated and planned and purposeful. And I mean, he's one of the greatest. He's he's an icon. I'm not saying that we don't like Jack. I don't like Jack at all. But compared to the Black Keys, it seems they like they're doing it so much more effortlessly. Yeah. Uh, coming from the fact that I mean, I uh, they don't rehearse their shows. It's all just. They just they just go up there and play the songs and it's it's uh I feel like Jack can make it look effortless but it it just it when I'm listening to the Black Keys or seeing videos of them play live it it seems like they actually are not like they are just playing by sp- sense of smell you know yeah 
But uh, yeah, I it's uh, yeah, it was it was a good album. I did yeah. like it. Now time for album three on my top five album list, and that is Norman Rockwell by Lana Del Rey. This one is one. I mean, it's on tons of lists. I think it's made top five of like so many 2019 year list. But it's one of the ones where I I, I like turn it on, and the first time I like, just listened to it because I'd listened to some Lana Del Rey before. But uh, I was I, mean, I wouldn't say I was like a huge fan, but I listen and like within like the first like 10 seconds, I kind of like laugh because it's like so funny and but it's R rated in general, the album, but uh, for our podcast. But uh, I don't know. It's, just, it's one where it blew me away, even versus all of like the previous stuff I've heard before. And like that's one that's like now you go back and you can maybe appreciate it more. But it, it's just it, for me, it stood out among the rest. Yeah, I, I I listened to some of it. I I can't. I, Lana Del Rey is one of the. I I just I don't know. It's it just doesn't do it for me, which is so surprising considering like especially like the the imagery she draws from. I just love <laughs> like uh like written down her lyrics. Like I, I like I, I'm it. Yeah, the blue jeans and the 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 50s and 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 americana like i i i love that stuff and so many of my favorite albums draw from that but i just i don't know i've never been able to really get into lana del rey uh i think it's one of those ones that i i came too late to the party that by the time i actually started listening to her i'd had heard too many opinions that it like i'm kind of unable to form my own i just uh like that's how i was with the strokes until I actually got into them that I, everyone told me so, so I've, I've just been hearing my whole life how good of a band they are, but I never listened to them that like, they're not going to be as good as they are as, as, as what, like they're never going to live up to the expectations, but then they did. Maybe one day I'll get into Lana Del Rey, but it wasn't this year. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, that's why we're here. That's yeah. why, <laughs> so, you know, it's what we're talking about. Uh, you're next with uh, number three. Yeah. My number three is some nice, some nice can con. I have Orville Peck's pony. Uh, this, uh, to describe Orville Peck to people who don't, uh, don't know who it is, it's the guy sings with this Elvis voice over top, just classic cowboy country tunes, and he's not really doing anything new musically or lyrically, like, it's all just classic Western, uh, I mean, other than his voice, which is melting steel, but it's all fairly standard, but Orville Peck, the man, for those of you who don't know, he kind of dresses like a cowboy, you know, fringe down the side, big, big hat, but he wears this Lone Ranger mask with a fringe covering half of his face to hide his identity. And people have, you know, put together who he actually is based on his tattoos and whatever, but technically his identity is still unknown. Uh, but it's a very deliberate thing to hide his face. He's he's a very openly, he's an openly gay artist and he's outlined that he's always loved country and cowboy music and Western imagery and, and all of that. But it's felt incredibly isolated by the like bravado or, or traditional masculinity of the big, tough, rough cowboy. And often the sexism and homophobia and racism that kind of trickles down from, from all of that. And so he wears the mask as a kind of a constant reminder that it doesn't matter who's underneath there. Even though he is a white male and from what you can see of him, fairly good looking as well. He's not, you know, if you see him from far away, it, the he looks like any other country artist if he didn't have the mask on but that's the point is that it the music can and should be inclusive for everybody 
and uh yeah it's it's just it's i i it's all of this hearing this without hearing the music it sounds like it's more like okay it's more like a performance than anything else but the songs are so good that it backs it up like it's i think of all the albums i have on my list if there was one that i would recommend to anyone to listen to it would be this one yeah um this is one where it's like again your maybe your western influences go further i don't have this album in my top five but i do have a song in my top 10 so that was where it kind of landed yeah. with me is like the album like I, oh, I haven't listened to it enough to say oh like this is yeah for sure a top five album for me but uh a few of the songs i've listened to a lot and like ah that's a top 10 song of the year for me so that's where that lands yeah, it's it's I I it's it's just a very very enjoyable album. Yeah. Uh my number 2 might be your number 2 as well. Uh Vampire Weekend Father of the Bride. Not my number 2. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, what is I mean like for what is what is there to say about our, our Well, why don't then you read your number 2 so that we can talk about Father of the Bride together. Okay. <laughs> well, my number 2 Yeah, we'll talk about Father Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My number 2 is uh I am easy to find by the national. Uh, it's got, I don't know. It's mixed reviews. i I enjoyed it a lot as an album to listen to through the whole. It's one where I got to see it live. And I think that adds a boosted factor to it. Uh, there's a lot of songs on it that I think are great and hold up even to older albums. And, uh, yeah, I think that's why it kind of stands out as a number two album of the year for me. But it's, uh, yeah, it didn't even make your top five. So I didn't even think about that. It no. didn't even make your drive by. No, no, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, you had your soul with you is my number eight song of the uh, year okay. of songs that aren't for my top five albums. I, yeah, we saw it, we saw it live. I, um, yeah, I like this album. I, it'd probably be in my top 10 or, 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 15 of the year i did like this album and we've talked before how much we, we both really like the national yeah uh, like when we were doing the 2017 list if i think we probably did but sleep well beast was very high up on my list yeah. i like i love that and i find that you know with with each release matt berninger they're like is continually able to find new ways to just absolutely floor me and like even think even when I was writing this and thinking about the national and thinking about the ears for year or ears for years and the ghosts of girlfriends call from Cleveland from day I die like I like I loved that so much the first time I hear it and every time I hear it it just gives me chills uh and I found that this album didn't really have that for me that I, there were there weren't a lot of the moment like moments that I found other national albums that really just like knock me down. Uh, I like Rylan a lot, but like Rylan is even one of my favorite national songs, but I like the, uh, the version that wasn't like the, the, the live unreleased. version and the KEXP version better than this one. Uh, musically improvement. Uh, the female backing vocals for yeah. Rylan improvement, but I just the lyric changes. I really don't care for the underwater. You're almost free. If you want to be alone, come with me. It did, like <laughs> it. I don't know. It, I feel like they. It, it, yeah. It. It just. But anyway, the one moment on this album that I really, really like. I mean, I like a lot of them, but the one that I find is like, yeah, this is a this is the peak of the album. Is on 
you had your soul with me with you you had your soul with you uh <laughs> they use so many um words <laughs> for a song na- title. pronouns what was it uh you had your soul with you like you her it's just like where is her head yeah exactly uh, it's like and then it's like a lot of times and then i just start mixing up same thing with like help us stranger versus help me stranger i don't know why yeah god goes dirty like that doing yeah. both um I uh, but yeah. I really really like on that song the bridge where they say that I have ordered to my heart every word I've said you have no idea how hard I died when you left like I I really love that like the delivery the the way the music stops like that is that okay yeah I I could I could see that the rest of this album could be good some people might like this uh, a bit more than I do that you know, okay I'll give this one uh, like a a solid score because that one moment holds up the rest of it for me yeah which yeah. then then leads us to my number one and your number two father, father of the bride, bride. <laughs> by vampire weekend a band which what how many years was it seven something like that S- 2013 or 14 was modern vampires yeah maybe it was yeah seven six to seven years from uh it's released previously they lost uh one of the main members of the band everything was stacked against them mm-hmm. and yet they managed to put together a really good album yeah it uh it it you know we we, we dedicated the whole episode previously talking about this album Owen and i are both big vampire weekend fans um we've even joked about oh maybe at some point we'll do a vampire weekend podcast but we don't want to do the required reading that for every single one of Ezra's lyrics, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's it's a big deal. Um, no, no, Rostam, like one of the 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 one of the two main driving forces of the of the band. But I mean, I remember when Harmony Hall came out last summer, and it was everything for me last summer that everything now was the summer that it came out. Like it was like that was the the song that like that was my most played song of the summer maybe uh and i uh i feel like this album not only do i like the album a lot but it also made me like all of their albums a lot more because in the seven year period i feel like i only really ever listened to the hits and to say the least ezra doesn't enunciate very much and so even like a punk which is you know you know, one of their yeah. one of their best songs. Yeah. Even if you find it annoying, uh, <laughs> I never really, I never really like looked up the lyrics or what he was saying. It's always like I enjoy this because it sounds nice. But when this came out, and I was listening to this a lot, and then I went back and listened to everything a lot, but because we saw them and for that concert as well, I never really appreciated what each of the albums are about and how good the songwriting and the lyrics are on on those albums. Like it, yeah. It elevated the whole thing for me. Uh, now, I also feel like this album is how a new Arcade Fire album would sound like if any one of the band members left. Uh, like the, you're you're missing something like that. Yeah, that is my one air of my one missing. note on this is that it there are certain points where it feels like there's one or two tracks that are missing from making this a real Vampire Weekend. Uh, song i think that like on songs like this life or, or rich man which i mean lyrically across the whole album um i think that it's uh like even though you could say it's a bit less focused because it's a long album i think ezra's on his a game lyrically like he's he's putting some profound stuff out there but i mean he stole i want to li- don't want to li- whatever yeah from uh, his own song from his own song some self-plagiarism 
But uh, yeah, you cite yourself, it's fine. <laughs> but I think musically, some of them are a bit bare, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not. I'm not worried. I. I think that they've really since they they've done a lot of touring for this. I mean, they they still would be now, a year later. I mean, I guess it's not that long, but they've been playing a lot of shows, and they've been playing very long shows, like two to three and a half hour shows, and. I think that they're really evolving as a band that these songs, some of them feel like they wrote around a big hole that Rostam is no longer filling, but they're even as they play the old stuff, it's morphing to be a new hole and a new thing. And it's really becoming they're a lot more of like a jam band and just like a classic like 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 let's rock uh yeah. guitars and like they're kind of ditching the classical instruments a little bit which is you know a new direction but i'm happy to see that they're coming together as a whole you know yeah a jam band's really interesting way of putting it yeah it feels like they're experimenting in terms of i mean they're always experimental but like now it's more about like a bunch of people just sitting together jamming yeah like if you look at like uh like sunflower and like the live versions like they're playing like they're doing like 15 minute versions or the classic the joke the 10 minute cape cod like they're (laughs) playing these really long versions of the songs where they're just they're just they're just riffing and uh it's it's Mm -hmm. you know is it going to be better or worse than what they had before we don't know but i'm happy to see that they're not trying to fill the hole with a rostam substitute they're very much evolving into something new yeah but um this is truly it was the summer of uh duets of female vocalists added to other bands in terms of the national oh, and yeah. uh vampire weekend both and you know being a fan of arcade fire there's nothing you like more than the good uh back and forth back and forth and you know getting more of that throughout the summer i think that that that, that was pretty good for summer 2019 but. it was yeah i this i think yeah i uh no we did talk about this album before and we both, this but fairly recent, like maybe a couple of weeks after it came out, we both put out our top five songs from the album. Now, I don't remember what mine were, and I don't think you remember what yours were either. No. But uh, I think my, I think what my, are your top my, five songs now? Top five? Oh, no. But my top one. From this album. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> still. Um, but I, I know like my top one, I think then, and I'll, uh, it's still now is This Life. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. It, 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 it's something like there that hits with the... Some of the I find some of the other songs I think like you said are shallow like mm-hmm. they don't have the same depth of noise and sound that you'd love to see, but uh, this life manages to kind of keep it all together. Yeah, it's I mean I don't have a ranked list, but it's on my five. Uh, I think Harmony Hall is my favorite though. Just uh, it, it's yeah I it's it's so much fun. I found that Bambina was yeah. a favorite from like the first listen and still a favorite uh stranger really grew on me and that was one that i feel like i kind of wrote off in the beginning a bit because it's certainly not as much fun and energetic as a lot of the songs on that side of the album but it really grew on me and i also i really like flower moon um flower moon may be my favorite of the upbeat songs on uh like more than uh sympathy and more than uh sunflower i love flower moon flower moon's one that grew on me from being heard live i want to say but uh one thing that's uh i found that grew on me though was the the releases the japanese version 
Oh yeah, the uh, I'm not the man I used to. What is it? I can't remember. Uh, that's one that's like. Uh, oh, I, I don't even think about her anymore. I d- yeah, exactly. Like that. that I like it, and I, I like the the Jude the Law. Jude Law yeah. I, I'm a big fan of the Jude Law. I, I'd put that one on like <laughs> sometimes. It's like uh, I, I want Jude Law to read me poems all the time, <laughs> and then I think um Dubai. Oh yeah, uh, the... whatever Abu Dhabi. Um, I like that better than Jerusalem, Berlin. Mm. And um, you know all the, all the city name songs. Uh, ranking, yeah, rank songs which have cities names in them, or or only composed of city names. Uh, New York, New York, <laughs> that's my number one. <laughs> uh, but I, technically, that's city state. You know, oh, unless he's just saying the city's name twice. Yeah, yeah, I think he's saying New York, New. It's like <laughs> like that that that. Da, da, da. I know, I know, but <laughs> it could also be New York. Oh, of the state of New York, New York, New York. That's uh, still my number one. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that um, yeah, I think that Jerusalem, New York, Berlin is a great example of uh, where Rotsam could have helped. Yeah, like especially if you look at um, uh, I think you're a contra. I, I'm yeah. not the first album. I don't. I don't think of it. I, th- I think the first album is much more a collection of songs than an album compared to what they did with Contra and Modern Vampires. That both of those seem so, and and then this one as well, so purposeful in how they're structuring the album. But the like, I think you're a Contra and uh, uh, Young Lion. Both of those compared to Jerusalem, New York, Berlin. I feel like it's it's missing that yeah. that that. Uh, yeah. orchestral yeah what you Ju- what jerusalem new york berlin is missing isn't has does nothing to do with its lyrics mm-hmm. it, it's definitely it's producing yeah it uh so you look at even like young lion which is only uh, rostam saying you take your time young lion or, or whatever it yeah. is but it's just the one line but it's it's still so distinct and emotional and uh yeah Okay, now our Arcade Fire podcast has officially spent, you know, two hours talking about Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride. <laughs> we like the album. But, uh, yeah, I have my number one album of last year was uh, Bruce Springsteen's Western Stars. Uh, I was wondering whether you are going <laughs> to add that. And, now I think, I imagine some of you are rolling your eyes right now saying, you know, classic, as if I was going to pick anything else. But this is a big deal. Uh, I think this is honestly the first year that he's put out an album since, like, 1982. Eight when Tunnel of Love came out that I that it's the number one album of the year for me. I think every time he's put out an album, it'll be in my top five. But it's been a while since it's been my number one, and this album was 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 really good. Um, I mean, Bruce doesn't really put out any duds, but classic nineteen eighty eight or whatever. It's eight eight years pre Alex <laughs> eight <laughs> eight ba. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean like his I found his last couple of albums have been a bit more politically themed which is i mean he's great at that but uh it's politically themed in the sense where people say neon bible is springsteen influence that it's he's the writing about characters living in a current climate and situation with song like antichrist or, or intervention like those are that is springsteen influence writing songs of the like that kind of character but on this album he's writing about himself in a way that he hasn't i think in in, in decades and it just, it, yeah, the kind of, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I could talk about this one all day, but I, I know Owen's <laughs> not as big of a Springsteen fan, but I really, I wasn't expecting this album to be this good. Uh, I knew that I would like it, you know, no matter what would come out, but uh, compared to like, you know, Bob Dylan put out a new album 
couple of weeks ago, and like that was good. But Have you listened to her already? Yeah, I listened to her a couple times. Oh, wow. I uh, it it's good, but it's not like I don't know. It's it's like I appreciate it, and this is good. You know, he's a master of his. He's one of the greatest of all time. But I don't know how much replay there is, or how much I'm gonna connect with this. And I know that no matter what Bruce does, I'm gonna like it. But this album was just it it honestly surprised me how good he still is. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I what can I say about Bruce? And now that we have done our top five, I think we'll do our top ten songs a little quicker here. Yeah. Well, so yeah, yeah. Top <laughs> still ten. Snake Draft. You you can hit it first. Sure. Uh, number ten, I have uh, Chris Farren, "Search for Me" off his album "Born Hot." Don't have much to say. I just like it a lot. Um, I knew Chris Farren from Jeff Rosenstock. If anyone listens to that stuff. But it's, yeah, really fun synth pop track. I liked it a lot. Number 10. <laughs> My number 10. I'm going to cheat a lot through this as well. Some of these yeah. songs are uh, singles mm. that were released pre-2019, but their album was released in 2019. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, see, that's fair cheating as well. I, I, whatever. But uh, number 10 is Now That now that You're Gone by the Rock Hunters. I think it's my song I like the best off the album. It is also the song that just kind of makes it to the top 10, but doesn't really make it any farther. It's... Uh, it's good. I, I I would have liked to hear it live. And number nine, "Turn to Hate" by Orville Peck. There you go. You know, of the two hits on the album, this is the one I like better. And this is a uh, a song that uh yeah for sure it's like one of those ones that I heard and immediately added to like my go to playlist and you know heard it tons of times now. Yeah, I think that it's like his his voice is so unique uh, that I think it just draws you in. Yeah. Um, my number nine, uh, Strand of Oaks, Weird Ways, off their album Eraserland. Uh, overall, didn't find this release as strong as some of his earlier stuff, but if you're someone who likes the war on drugs, uh, check out Strand of Oaks. You'll like them too. Huh? My number eight is uh, The National You Had Your Soul With Me, or With You. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we already talked about that, so you can go to your number uh, eight. Yeah. Red Bull and Hennessy by Jenny Lewis. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So there we go, taking a song off of one of the, uh, Alex's albums. Yeah, again, this is one where I didn't really get into the album as much, but the song made my go-to playlist in terms of just it was uh it catches you. I think it really catches you and it's got, got like some real earworm qualities that, mm-hmm. that get a lot of replay value. I think earlier I was I said like I said Florence Welsh, but it re- I think Stevie Nicks is the best like it's it's very much this album the all of the songs are very much like Stevie Nicks Fleetwood Mac songs, not Stevie Nicks solo stuff, but Stevie yeah. Nicks Fleetwood Mac stuff, where there's the bar, the band behind, and it, uh, it, it, yeah, I liked it a lot. Following female vocalists, I have Seventeen by Sharon Van Etten. Okay. Um, again, it has like a similar theme as the the Jane Lewis was that uh, it's a real earworm, and it hit me, and it goes straight in the go-to playlist, and uh, gets lots of plays. Highly suggest. I've got that one a bit higher. I'll, I'll save that. But <laughs> my seven, uh, Maggie Rogers, uh, Light On from Heard in the Past Life. Love love Maggie Rogers. Um, her, I mean, her initial singles, the eventual EP, and the early stuff from years ago. I was, I mean, I, I was on the Maggie Rogers boat very early, actually. And I thought that this album it was supposed to come out like a couple like it kept getting kind of pushed back and back and i feel like it's kind of suffered from that is this the one that got released during the pandemic no no, no. this was this oh was 2019, 2019 course, yeah. yeah but uh still i i'm I, I i i'm excited to see her next album i think she's gonna she's gonna put out just more more uh 10 out of 10 songs uh my number six is uh 
the song Colors by Black Pumas from their self-titled debut. Uh, two guys from Austin, Texas, psychedelic, jazzy, soul duo, and this album was just an absolute treat. The way I said that Orville Peck, that that should be the one album you listen to if you listen to anything, I think this song, Colors by the Black by Black Pumas, is if the, you're looking for just a toe tapper, this is the one song that I would recommend to anyone listening. Hmm. What you got for your next one? I uh, next one is Tummy Lies by the Black Keys. So this one is my favorite song off of Let's Rock. I has some real turn blue vibes to it for me, and I like that about it. And uh, real smooth. It's uh, a go to listen. Next is uh, Old Town Road remix by Lil Nas X. This one, I mean, I, I everyone should watch the video on YouTube, which talks about how Lil Nas X designed a song to make money off Spotify, kind of thing, and like how it perfectly encapsulates that. And like, um, I, th- I, I just totally agree. It's it's a very short song. It has a catchy hook, and then he added a big feature on it. And all of a sudden, all you do is you just replay and replay it on Spotify, and that's like, just gets you tons of money. Or I mean money in terms of spotify money but uh yeah how it's only i think it's like two minutes and 30 seconds or something real short i don't know it was a big hit of 2019 and uh yeah makes my top 10 at number five yeah it's it's not in my top 10 but it was an honorable mention i had just because it's it's even even if you even if you lump it into viral songs think about like gangnam style and like despacito like how much awful better this is <laughs> like that this is actually a good song yeah. that also became very very popular and if you like despacito or gangnam style you know i'm sorry but uh no but like it's like one of those things where it's like five years after gangnam style no one's gonna be like, oh man can't wait to hear gangnam style yeah, or this one's De- gonna- i mean maybe despacito but but this is like it's just such a it's it's such a fun song it's it's and it's really uh, like with Orville Peck as well. Twenty nineteen was a big year for country being inclusive, uh, and uh, really opening up like who can be a cowboy and 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 who can like this kind of music, and that it's not just you know, it's not just what you would think of uh, stereotypically as people enjoying country music. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my number five was "Shine a Little Light" from Let's Lo- Let's Rock. Yeah, that's I'm <laughs> right about the same. Yeah, that's my favorite one. <laughs> uh, and number four, on the note of who country is, I have um, the song "The High Woman" from the female country supergroup The High Woman off of their album The High Woman. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it it's I mean the Hi- Highwayman is one of my favorite country songs, and I think that this really does it justice. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance. You listened, you know this at all? I know. So it's one of those things where I had never heard of it. And I was looking at top 20 lists of like 2019. I saw this one pop up a lot and it has a very signature name. I'm like, I've actually never heard of the high woman, but uh, I was like, I saw it. I'm like, yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's great. It's, it's just a, it's, I mean, you have four very, very talented country musicians. They're going to put out a very good album and yeah, very, very enjoyable. Okay. And next, is that you? What your number four? Or have you given your number four? That was my number four. Okay. Now my number four is uh Where's Her Head by the National. I we we here at Arcade Fire Scenes Elf, but only love pronoun included uh, <laughs> songs from the, the National, National. Uh, specifically. Day I die. <laughs> Who is Mr. No, Mr.'s not a that's a prefix. I, guess I am easy that. to find. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no, uh it was uh 
I find this one's one that I go back to I on the album. My girl. No. And, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I like it. More pronoun uh, than the national songs. But um, no, uh, I, yeah, this is one that I go back to and I can listen on my own. I find some, like, I, I obviously like the album a lot because it's my second of the year. But I found that there's some songs in the album that work better just listening along with the album. But this is one that I actually pull out of the album to listen to specifically on its own. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's this is one of like just off the top of my head songs that I think would make if I'm like if I but I remember from this album was uh, is where is her head? I'm easy to find quiet light and light years. Yeah, light years is another one that sticks out. But it's like in the same way that it's like for some reason I always like go back to racing like a pro. Like Mm. that's one song that it's like always like good one. Yeah, it's like it's one of those ones that it's like that one gets stuck in my head for some other reason. You go back to it and like where's her head has that same kind of feeling for me. It's I end up going back to it. Yeah, for me it's uh, a guest room is one that will pop into my head. That's like not real. I mean the hits will pop into my head too, but they're the hits like you know they're supposed (laughs) to do that. But some of the more deeper cuts that will just kind of like pop into my head. Yeah, yeah. I do have one more. Uh, yeah, I have number three is uh, This Life by Vampire Weekend. Third best nice. of uh, 2019 for me. Yeah, holds up. I mean, I said it. Favorite Father Bride song. Top three uh, of uh, whatever, 2019. And you're up. Yeah. Uh, my number three, I have uh, The Borders by Sam Fender from his album Hypersonic Missiles. Sam Fender's debut album. This was, uh, I read it on the internet when it came out as, uh, if you like Springsteen and want to hear Brandon Flowers fronting the war on drugs, and if that sentence appeals to you as much as it did to me, you will enjoy this record. Um, I think it, it's, it's, it's easy. He's a young guy and it's very, very Springsteen influenced musically. And I can't really like, I mean, I could, I could list like guitar tone and saxophone, whatever, but as soon as you hear the opening click of the guitar on this song, you'll yep, you'll know that's what I mean. Uh, but music aside, I think like this, there's songs or or another song on this album, Dead Boys, that I think he's going, he's really swinging for the fences in terms of of, of themes. And overall, this album didn't make my top five list, but it could have. There, there are a bit of songs that kind of fall flat for me, but. The four or five best songs on this album are really good, and I'm I'm I mean I've said it before with other things. I'm really excited to see what he does next because he's he's a fairly he's in his early twenties, and this is his first album. I'm I'm excited to hear what the next one's gonna sound like. Dead Boys is one of those songs where I first heard it. I think you were probably playing it sometime. And it's one of those songs that I felt like I must. have... It's like this one. Oh, it feels like I think I've heard, heard this one forever. Like it seems it's one song. It's just weird for me because it felt like oh, this must be ten years old. I must have heard it like a thousand times. And it's like no, no, this came out in twenty nineteen, and it was just like that seemed very odd to me. Mm-hmm. It yeah, it uh, it's it. I find that all of like a lot of the influences are very on the nose, but it never feels exhausted in the influence it never feels like like it, it feels very natural it doesn't feel like they're trying too hard or he's trying too hard to sound like something all that being said there there are quite a few songs on this that are just kind of fine but it is his first album you know what what can you do and but i think the like the five six best on this great no. uh my number two sure uh this one is really funny because it's i spend all day working looking at different forms of buildings and so my second of all of 2019 is mariner's apartment complex by lana del rey and it's just 
the amount of time I spend looking at apartment complexes and the, you know, just, <laughs> it's just, uh, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, just the way that flows off your tongue, even just like in the title, the, the song holds up, it holds up a good album and that's, uh, yeah. But, I don't have any Lana Del Rey comments. On <laughs> waiting for Mariner's, uh, townhouse complex <laughs> next. And then others. Yeah. And then, and then the suburbs. <laughs> Uh, my number two, I have Sergil Simpson's Make Art Not Friends from his album Sound and Fury. This is a very fun record. This wasn't, this was, I think, the one that was the closest to being in my top five. If you're like a modern blues rock fan and we're nodding along through any of our discussions on the Rack and Tours or the Black Keys or Jack White, you'll like this record a lot. Um, it, uh, it, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a very, very fun record. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, number my number one is uh, definitely cheating for this one because it's Ryland by the National. So I mean, it's already been released and blah blah, blah and all this stuff. But I do enjoy the 2019 version, and uh, I think it's the best song on the album, and it's my favorite song of the year to listen to over and over again. It's one where even like some people who don't like listen to music as much, it's one of those ones where I just had it playing in my place or whatever something like that and someone's like oh like what's that song that's really good and then just kind of sticks out as one yeah, of, yeah. It, i i agree i think it's the best song on the album as well i just i don't i just don't associate it with the album because i listened to it so much before yeah that it it's it, kind of cheating like i just remember <laughs> i remember that they re-recorded it on this but no i think it's fair enough they put out they put out the album this year and it's on the album that's yeah uh my 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 number one now every other song on this list of the 10 i would say are trumped by, I, I mean, I didn't include I didn't include any songs from my top five albums because I already kind of talked about those, but I would say that all of these songs I've mentioned would be trumped by songs that are in my top five, except my number one, which is my number one song of the year, and maybe the only song from 2019 that could make it onto my all-time top 100 songs. And that is, Owen mentioned before, uh, 17 by Sharon Van Etten from her album Remind Me Tomorrow. Now, I just, I, I used the term floored before. I just, I love this song. <laughs> from the first time I heard it, it just absolutely floored me. And you know, the rest of her, the rest of the album is, is good and the rest of her stuff is good. But this song, I don't, I, the, the, I think it's more than anything else, it's the desperation in her voice that, uh, that just really gets me every single time that she just sounds so, so scared and, uh, and yeah, desperate. It, uh, it kind of like a, like a, the drunk drivers, uh, yeah, it, that, that's honestly a great example of, of, uh, by car seat, headrest. by car seat headrest. The rest of their discography is fine, but I love that song because it just, the desperation, it just, it's, it's so there's just something about the vocal delivery that that just same with this i there's a live video of her playing this at glastonbury last year and there's this point toward the end where she really kind of steps it up and like goes up an octave and they cut to the crowd and there's this one guy on the barrier just just bawling his eyes out like just <laughs> sobbing and i feel that so much like i i just i love this song uh it yeah, it. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know why I I love it so much, but I just I really do, and that's definitively my number one song of twenty nineteen. Yeah, that it is good. It's great, and well, that is our uh, yeah. That's twenty nineteen. 
we six months later. I'm I'm happy that we waited until now to do it uh, because it, it. I feel like I I mean Fontaine's DC. I wouldn't even listen had listened to them yet, but it gave me a chance to appreciate all those late in the year albums. Yeah, like Norman Rockwell was a late in the year album, right? Relatively, like after the summer, I think. Yeah, I don't remember. But anyway, also gives us a chance to ease back into things because uh next week we're coming back for real with for real the suburbs and we hope the we hope the wait has been worth it uh and uh thanks everyone as always thanks for listening and um yeah we'll see you next week bye